five as soon as this finishes. Alrighty. Good evening, everybody. My name is David Washington. I'm the founder of Raymond Creations. And I would like to be the first to introduce, welcome everyone, to the Juniper Tree Therapy Session with our wonderful guest, Shu Halegra. And before we continue, I'd like to say a prayer to open this up. So everyone looking on, I ask for you to bow your heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, the opportunity to fellowship, to know where we can be stronger at, areas in our lives for which we might not know where to turn, but we are here for therapy. We are here to get better so that in our day, in, uh, in all of our lives, we can be able to progress, get better, and we can also be closer to you, have a under, better understanding of you, because there are things that hinder what you say to us because we can't hear you, because it's things that have nothing to do with you, but it's things that affect us in the world. So Lord Jesus, we just pray that this is just nourishment to our body, that this therapy will, will help us, help us move forward in our daily lives. And I say all this in your name, Jesus the Christ, amen. 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 At this time, I'll pass the mic over to my <laughs> lovely wife, Latoya Washington. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining Rayma Creations virtual therapy session with Shu Halegra. Just to let you know, Shu Halegra is the founder of Grace and Hope Consulting, where she helps people achieve and maintain mental and emotional wellness reach their full potential and live fulfilling lives. Shu is a certified grief counseling specialist, certified family trauma professional, and a certified compassion fatigue professional. She also holds an advanced diploma in biblical counseling and holds the credential of board certified Christian counselor. You are more than welcome to find out more at www.graceandhopeconsulting.com. And my husband and I are so excited that you are tuning in. Be sure to hit share and subscribe, not only to Rayma Healing, which is our YouTube channel, but check out Grace and Hope Consulting as well. She is on YouTube with wonderful videos to help you and to guide you. And she's a believer. And so we're just so gracious to just have this opportunity with her today. As we talk about grief, uh, I I think all of us in, yeah. <laughs> can relate to grieving. And this is all about being transparent and being honest about, you know, what God has shared with us in this journey of grief and how many of us don't even know what grief is. So we have Shu here to just share and just speak whatever God has placed on her heart today. Welcome, Shu. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always a joy to be here. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we hear you. Okay, there's a delay on my end. I was just saying thanks for having me. It's always a joy to be here and serving alongside you. Yes, yes, we are grateful. We are grateful. So we are going to ask about what is grief, Shu? What is grief for those who don't know? So in general, grief is a response to loss. And often we think about when we hear loss, we hear grief, we're thinking, oh, someone died. That's only one type of grief. You know, so we can lose, we can experience grief after losing something or someone that's so present. When it could be a loss of a job, especially with everything that's been happening the past year and a half, right? Uh, loss of friends, you know, now that we, I think about even our kids, not being able to be physically active with their friends and playing and, you know, doing all the things that kids do. 
and that that also can bring a sense of grief so it's your response to any loss that you experience and it's a human human response meaning there's no feeling a sense of grief is not a sin feeling a sense of grief is not you know it uh it might feel like a burden but it's it, it's natural so don't feel down on yourself because you're grieving or because you feel you're experiencing that sense of loss and the other thing i wanted to add too with grief is not just feeling oh i look i'm missing someone i'm missing something you know whether it's a job a friend you know or we want to just move sometimes mm-hmm. we can grieve good things you know you can maybe you get a good better job when you're moving to a different area to, to be for that job it's a new experience but you can still be grieving the things you left behind you can grieve your routine you can grieve just the way you do life in general right so mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's okay to you know to feel that Um, but also grief has different layers and grief impacts us differently but you know in a nutshell we'll get into more details later but in a nutshell grief can impact you physically it can impact your behavior it can impact your cognition the way you think impacts you socially spiritually culturally so all those things you know when we talk about grief i want us to be uh, mindful that it's not just a one layer thing you know there's more to more to it and it's okay to dig deeper and allow yourself the grace and time and the help available to you so that you can recover and you that you can um cope with grief when it happens wonderful wonderful yes and if you have any questions if you're tuning in please be sure and we will do our best to answer them if not on the live afterwards thank you again so what is grief go ahead honey So um we do have um another well, we have a but um one of the questions we have is what are the stages of grief So often when we hear the stages of grief most of us are familiar with the five stages that we probably seen online heard different places and it's been coined back in 1969 I believe um by a Swiss American psychiatrist named Elizabeth Colbert Ross Um and people think when we talk about the five stages of grief that she coined uh, it's the first one is denial it's pretty much thinking oh this is not happening this cannot be happening right it's not real um and anger is the next one and anger it's like you know how can this be happening to me you know how dare they how even god we can be angry at god when we're grieving and guess mm-hmm. what god can take it <laughs> you know you don't have to hide it from him he can take it <laughs> you know and the next stage is like it's bargaining where you're like oh maybe if i was there 5 minutes before i could have hope no save them no tell them not to get in the car maybe they would have not gotten the car if i was there maybe if i would have you no know, been nicer to them last time the call i would have not felt this feel this guilt i'm feeling because i didn't get to say goodbye so we start like bargaining with ourselves saying that we could have changed the situation and it's this tug of war between how we could have controlled you know what what happened what caused the grief the next stage is depression where you're like like oh this is like it hurts it hurts to you know lose something or someone or an experience or a ritual that's important to us and we still get sinking into that deep depression where it's not just oh i'm fine i can pull myself up and move on it's like this is really it really hurts it weighs me down you know my spirit is weary and then the next one on the five stages of grief is acceptance where like okay all this happened you know i denied it for a little bit didn't go away i got angry i got angry at myself and nothing changed i tried to you know wrestle with myself it's anything i could have done differently and the reality stood in front of me so downcast and depressed and it still didn't go away i guess this is my reality and we start accepting what had happened to us so often we talk about this people think that you go from one layer to another like it's one two three four no that's not how we grieve <laughs> you know these are five stages but it they're not the only stages to be you know this say that but also it's not it's not like a step stool that you're climbing up or climbing down whichever way you're looking at it sometimes you can be in denial and angry at the same time so you can have two or three you know in two, two or three stages right at the same time and there's nothing wrong with that god gave us emotions because he knew that we would need them it's part of being human jesus christ right you know just that angry at the temple it's okay for us to feel our emotions It's just what we do with it, you know, that's what it helps us be healthy you know, for ourselves, be emotionally stable and healthy, but also build and maintain healthy relationships. And I want to add also maybe you have heard of David Kessler, is you know he I I love this dude and all he does around grief work. Um but he has now I mean, he even has a book out about finding meaning because he said we all talk talk about the five stages. There's actually a sixth stage of sixth stage of grief. It's finding meaning. 
So when you accept mm-hmm. it, it's like, oh, this happened, right? It, it is my reality, I'll deal with it. When you sort of find meaning, you sort of find purpose in it, and not just accepting it, it's finding the strength to move on because now this has a different meaning to you. You're seeing whatever the purpose of it's not like, oh, someone died, like that's what God meant. That's not what I'm, I'm saying here. But you start seeing even God's hand in it. You start finding the joy in spite of the pain. And I think, you know, and, and I and I think he's totally right. That's it's when we find meaning that we can actually move forward. And sometimes people think, oh, if I'm moving forward, that means that. I forgot my loved one who died or that this this did not mean as much to me I'm betraying you know whoever whatever happened that's not true that's mm-hmm. not true both feelings both emotions can coexist I can decide that I lost someone I can be grieving that I lost something that's meaningful to me but I can also enjoy the over blessing that God's putting in my life right now mm-hmm. so I have a question so when you brought up about um sometimes it you feel bad for moving on would that be considered survivor's guilt where the person is struggling uh, with these feelings that wow you know this person's passed away but i feel bad for finally moving on can you touch yeah. more on that so for yeah. us that may not know what that means exactly so yeah you 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 nailed it it's kind of that guilt and that you know we should not because someone someone had died that we can't love doesn't go on right that if we move on it's like we didn't love them enough that we didn't you know care enough well if i move let's say even sometimes we can grieve through a divorce for a separation through you know even kids growing up and going to college right kids moving out kids getting married so it, it, it's not that we that that guilt is there you know it's there because one we're human right but that mm-hmm. guilt also can keep you almost like in bondage where you become a slave to grief instead of actually mm-hmm. grieving the person right right it's a difference right. it's a different i can grieve that you know my life has changed in the past you know, year and a half that is totally fine but i can also appreciate the fact that i've been able to spend more time with my kids that you know all of us been you know physically well you know so it's it's okay to move on and moving on doesn't mean that i forgot it's moving forward that I still cherish this person and we can talk later about ways to still honor a loved one as we are grieving as we're moving on. And sometimes yeah. when I do grief work I ask people, let's think about it. Your husband, your friend, your child, if they were sitting here right in front of you, what would they say to you when you're saying that you're feeling guilty? Yeah. And most people say, well, they'll say I don't have nothing to feel guilty about. It's not my fault. There's nothing I could have done differently. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me to live my life and enjoy life to the fullest because that'll make them happy. But often when we're grieving we can say it in our with our mouths it's something that's still trusting and feeling and believing with our heart right and actually living it out you know and, and that's work that you know it often happens in therapy so it's okay that when you're grieving to you know seek you know counselors that will walk with you on that journey to give you a safe place to process right 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 it is and it's important to have a safe place to process right you know those feelings especially when you talked about the stages of like what is grief and uh you know getting angry sometimes and some people may not understand this person's angry because they're still grieving uh mm-hmm. you know a relative or like you said the job you know someone lost their job like you know um unexpectedly they can grieve that as well so that is very important i am um earlier you said how um grieving um isn't necessarily a sin it's Mm -hmm. the process emotion so um is there a way that if you continue to grieve and you don't i guess um mend that particular issue or thing that's that you're for which you're grieving could you start moving into towards sin well it depends what you do with it so i don't want to assume that mm-hmm. everyone who's not um coping well with grief is 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 sinning you know i that's mm-hmm. not what i want to say um because mm-hmm. there is such a thing as complex grief you know complicated mm-hmm. grief when people actually turn to traumatic event and they have to deal with the trauma of grieving someone right, and right. you know and that's a whole different kind of warm but you know it's it's kind of that yeah. it's still the same thing in that same continuum right just like with you know we talk about even happy emotions i can be 
happy i can be excited and i can be feel joyful you see how it cannot change degrees right <laughs> so the same mm. thing with grief you know and even anger i can be annoyed i can be frustrated i can be angry <laughs> right so yeah. same thing with grief uh so sometimes it just some of us it just takes time it takes you know time to process that and having the tools to do yeah. that um so just because someone is lingering in grief doesn't mean necessarily that they're sinning it's what they do mm. with their grief Right. So let's say if you've been grieving mm. and you're like I don't believe in God anymore, you know, we need to talk about that, you know, still seeing how, you know, God is still orchestrating everything else and taking care of you even through this. And mm. and, and some of the ways that to help people start even just to start to take those first steps towards, you know, healing and recovering is to even just it's the gratitude and being mindful of what else is happening. So sometimes I just tell people like okay what happened today and they're like really we're talking about what happened today so yeah just walk me through your day and they still talk walking through the day and I'm like wow you actually you got out of bed yeah you were able to brush your teeth you were able to get dressed and you actually had food that you were able to eat and so I, and sometimes people like that like, I can't, I don't know where you're going with this shoe this happened every day I say yes yeah. so even in the midst of your grief God's still providing for you amen, and, amen. and and this catches them by surprise for myself it just gave me chills it catches all of us by surprise it's just like wow mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's like i can still grieve but i can there's ways to still working you know again moving forward and not you know and not moving away from it so yeah i i know we'll get more into that later but i hope that's helpful mm-hmm. it is mm. yes and i'm glad you brought that up about not staying in that grief like yes it's natural that we're grieving a loss and whatever that loss may be but you know God doesn't want us to stay in that where it cripples us um where we start to lose faith in him you know as you know uh David was saying you know it becomes it could possibly become simple because now you have completely turned away from God um because of this and he knows like you know he he cried too you know he knows exactly. what yeah. it's like to lose mm-hmm. a friend or to you know experience loss so um mm-hmm. i'm glad that you know that question was brought up yes yeah. definitely yeah cuz if I, if i'm if i'm grieving and i'm like okay god didn't prevent this from happening i'll just go and do live my life the way i want to you know mm-hmm. whether it's you know and getting intoxicated with alcohol or drugs or whatever it is you know putting things in my body that are not healthy for me because I want to numb the pain yes in that moment like you know in the psychology world we we understand where you're coming from right we understand that it's the pain that leads you to turn to numb it but if your mindset is like you know I don't care about God I'm going to do whatever I want then again like mm-hmm. you now you're starting to sin you no know, sin against God yeah um, yeah with forgetting his reverence in your life and yeah just we still live in a fallen world you know and things still happen in this world we'll have trouble and mm-hmm. you know and life and death is part of life so often you know we we all excited about babies being born and all of that and then when someone dies it's still like most like the world has stopped it still hurts don't get mm-hmm. me wrong it hurts it's right. a lot it's not to process but it is part of life all of us here we're going to live and die one day but when we know yes. when we know that we're christian and we know where we're going there's a sense of comfort knowing that mm-hmm. you know my life out there is better than anything i can get on this earth exactly. you know? yeah. <laughs> i'm glad i'm grateful for all i can do here but please when my time come give me that ticket i'm ready <laughs> <laughs> yes cuz we want to be with the lord exactly. <laughs> right we want to be with the lord and when it, the and time comes struggle. don't rush it i'm not saying rush it when the time comes so you right. know, in a different way there's reasons to rejoice when the some things happen and it's be comforted maybe not you know maybe might not feel in the place where you can rejoice about it but at least we can find comfort in knowing that you know we know where we're going and yeah life better out there is better than here for sure amen 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 in particular subject um no move on to the next All right, and we don't have any questions coming in just yet, so we will go into what is the process of grieving. So, I can't even say because we all we all grieve differently. You know, so many people maybe when they're grieving, they're just they don't want to talk to anybody. They're, you know, going through, you know, they isolate and maybe that's the way that that works for them. And so mm-hmm. to say that oh this is the process of grief this is like the progression you should follow I think that's not even ethical for me to say to do that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wrong um so it the process of grief often like I say often there's a loss if you want like a generic process 
there's a loss and then we grieve that loss we feel that loss creates some kind of pain emotionally that affects us emotionally and then you know some people like i said can continue to turn into complex you know grief where you know complicated grief where there's so many layers and it's some you know maybe it's traumatic grief and they have to heal from the trauma so no one is ever you know at the same place at the same time and we all experience grief differently you know for some people you know it's like you might you might they might appear as nothing ever happened and you're like why aren't you sad that grandma died and they're like yeah I was like well you're not showing it have you all heard that like in the funerals and stuff it's like we, we don't all show grief the same way you know I, I actually know someone who when a loved one died they all they never talked about it and the family members were like she doesn't want to talk about it if we mention it she just it's still like nothing happened but because she was so processing for her she just needed to just like she needed time to just like oh let this all sink in that this actually has happened but in her own time she'll be writing letters to grandma because that was a way for her to process the grief but nobody saw the letters nobody knew she was writing letters we just saw that she was like very very just like you know distant and you no know, kind of shut down and quiet when they mentioned the, the subject so others interpret that as like she didn't care where it was the total opposite right right so there's That's no time limit for grief you know there's no one way to grieve there's no no um no two people can go for the exact same thing and grieve differently so it's so it's okay mm-hmm. to acknowledge and respect that you know i've seen couples who they'll lose a child and even each one of them is dealing with a totally totally different level you know mm-hmm. and it and, and it and it's okay because we've all been created differently you know mm-hmm. create equally yes but differently you know we're all different you know we're wired differently emotionally and spiritually and all of that so it's okay to give people the space they need to grieve in a way that makes sense to them in the time too some mm-hmm. people can go back to work after 2 weeks and they're fine some people can go back to work the next day they're fine some people can go back to that work when if it would have to do with work you know somebody from work died so you just it's so you know either way no matter where you fall on the whole continuum it's okay it's we're human and we're allowed to feel those feelings so that that's very good that you brought that up so it is it is very important i guess to be um sensitive to uh the uniqueness in how someone grieves because like you mm-hmm. said someone not saying anything another person might look on and say okay this person clearly mm-hmm. is not or is not bothered by mm-hmm. this person's passing and as you said that could be totally wrong exactly. um or or they might just just have this erratic behavior and you're like okay they're losing it but it, could that be their grieving as well exactly yeah yeah okay and people might maybe making drastic changes and making real decisions which is like that was really odd you know and then we'll get into like how kids you know grieve differently than adults and so just because you cannot explain someone's behavior doesn't mean that it's a bad thing you know behavior is communication mm. as we often say in my field so no matter right. how even even someone not saying anything that's a way of communicating something. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's okay to allow people to communicate in ways that make sense to them. Whether it's they're going to start journaling, like I said, or writing letters, or someone was painting, someone will go every single day to the nursing home where the person died, and they won't even go in, just driving by there. That was comforting for them. And it's okay. Someone else might go and start selling everything, then you want to talk to them, like, okay, are you okay? Can we talk about this? Because you don't want, you know, so when you see people do make, um, Because have behavior is so drastic, you also want to make sure that you know they're safe for themselves, you know, and that they don't need extra help. Because especially if you see someone still selling all the belongings because someone died, without even consulting anybody else in the family, you want to have that discussion with them. Oh yeah, because that that would, that would be a problem. <laughs> You're selling exactly. everything, yeah. right? You <laughs> have another question. Um, yeah. how um when it comes to grieving let's say you have um like the the eldest member of the family and let's say that um you know they passed away and you know you have aunts uncles parents grieving and you know they're all grieving in different ways Mm-hmm. but the combination of how they're grieving could that affect the dynamics of 
how the family moves forward, especially oh, yeah. with, with the children, you know, they're looking up to them. And the children, they might be, you know, they might not understand. They might not really understand the sense of loss and they don't understand why their parents or their relatives are, you know, in a in a different state than they were. Yeah. And yeah. and they're and they're trying to they're trying to make sense of it, but you know, how like how can um you know, well one, does that happen? And two, how how can that affect the children within that um that dynamics? Yeah, so honestly, like I said earlier, grief affects us on all different levels, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, within your yourself first as a person, but also, you know, as a group, as a community, as a family, you know, who else is grieving with you or maybe not grieving with you, um, so gets affected mm-hmm. by your grief. You know, if I'm grieving, mm-hmm. my kids get affected. So, for example, mm-hmm. I think when my, my grandma died, I mean, you guys know that, you know, I'm originally from Congo, Africa, and so my grandma died in Africa, I couldn't go back for the funeral. And and there's nothing here I could, I could do to even, you know, that made any sense like that, you know, that was, I guess, comforting in the moment. And all I wanted to do was just be alone. I just need to be alone and just spend time, you know, listening to worship music and, you know, praying for my family there, my mom and, you know, my siblings and, you know, uh, everyone else who was you know, grieving along with, side with me, but not physically there, you know. And, mm-hmm. but I'm also a one parent household, you know, so I was, if I took time away, my kids were there and needed someone to take, you know, take care of them. I couldn't just lock my door, you know, <laughs> lock myself in my room and just like, you know, see your kids. I just need this time. You know, I, maybe I can do it for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending on your family dynamic. But also I couldn't do that for a long time, right? So as, when it first happened, I knew when I found out about the news, I was quiet. I, my kids saw that my face, my, my demeanor has changed. And like, are you okay, mom? Are you okay? So I tell them like, I'm not. And it's okay to tell the kids that we're not okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise they don't know. They feel like, oh, we're super women and super men that, you know, we, nothing faces us. And then we, you know, they, they try to be those people who nothing will face them. And that's not healthy. <laughs> you know, they yeah. need to know when we have, we're dealing with things and see how we deal with it. So that we're modeling okay. to them that, one, it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to have those emotions. It's okay to be sad and feel lost when some, you know, you lost someone. But then, what do you do with it? So, you know, the moment I told my kids, I'm not okay. You know, I'm I'm really sad that my grandma died, and I'm mad that I can't go back home. You know, and I know there's nothing I can do to change that. But right now, it just really, really does not feel okay. And you know, my oldest, you know, could have been pretty mm-hmm. understood that. The youngest one was a little confused. You know, they never met this person. Like, you know, who is this person that practice so much? So they were confused. But then mm-hmm. I had to ask myself, yeah. what do I need right now? I needed to be alone. So then I reached out to a friend who could come and take the kids. So that I had the house to myself that day. It was maybe just one day, but it was healthy for me. I needed that time. Right? And so it with impacts the kids, let's say, if, some, if they won't get me, let's say if I have not said anything to my kids and just become like, really like aloof around the house, not talking, not making them dinner, not, you know, not even caring about anything else that's happening around my house. They'll feel neglected. They wonder if they did anything wrong. Because all of us, when we're younger, we felt the entire world evolves around us. So when something, something is happening that even someone else is sad or mad or they're just you know, going through something, we think as children that we did something wrong. So we still internalize that blame that's not even healthy, right? So we need to have this conversation. Yes, talk to them at their level, you know, don't give them big terms and stuff. If they don't know, understand what cancer was, don't go like, you know, cancer is. Don't go explain to them, you know, there's all medical terms and stuff. It's okay to just say so-and-so was, you know, was sick and, you know, they, they, now they're no longer living. They're not with us anymore. And whichever way your family, you know, share that with, when with Jesus or, you know, and it's okay to have this conversation with kids. And then when you need something, when you're grieving, it's okay to also say, this is what I need right now. Let's see who can help. So for me, it was a friend who came and came and took my kids for the day, so that I could have that time alone. Maybe for you, mm-hmm. you just you know, maybe there's another family member in the home who's older that can help with you know the kids, so that you have that time. Or if you have to go away, you know, for the funeral, all those things. Communication is what helps any relationship. Whether it's for kids, or from the work at church, in the community, everywhere. So even when you're grieving, do communicate. Do communicate. That's what helps all of us understand and support one another. If people don't know what I need, I'll, it's going to just 
tension tension in the relationship. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'll feel more they, frustrated. I'm not getting what I need. They'll feel frustrated, wondering why I don't care about them. Which oh, it's not true, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. All right. So I love how you brought up about communication, but how does culture play a role in us grieving properly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when someone's grieving, back to the communication piece, if when you're supporting someone who's grieving, even if it's a friend or even a spouse, it's okay to ask them, like, how can I be of support to you right now? How can I help? Instead of just thinking that what I want, what I think is good is what they need or what they want. You know, and I actually know a lady who when she, when her, uh, I think it was her mother who died and people just came rushing, sending her cards and letters, which was good, flowers, and nobody showed up. No one showed up to see her at home. People didn't come to the funeral and stuff, but that first, in the first few days before the funeral, nobody came to see her. But what she needed was people. She needed God with skin, like we often, we often say. Right. You know, so ask people how they want to be, you know, how they want to be supported. And then mm-hmm. when she, when her husband passed, somebody literally mailed her a book in the mail. Never called to check on her. She said, this is a book about grief. We'll help you. Really? <laughs> you really want to say, right? <laughs> Yes, the books are great. But is that what they needed right now? And I know one often, and I'm not blaming all of us. We probably have done things similar to that in right. different stages of life. Yeah. And I know that sometimes, often we do that because we don't know what to say or what to do, right? So we're like, I'll just do the easiest thing. That means I'll send a flower. That's culturally acceptable in this country. But just mm-hmm. because it's culturally acceptable, that's not the culture the person has, you know, from wherever they came from or even had the upbringing. And just because you've been married to somebody for 15 years doesn't mean that you know how they grieve because you don't know how you know their own family culture impacted them whether you know when they were younger so it's okay mm-hmm. to have this conversation so let's say if you know it's some it's someone who's a family member who's ill and we're like oh my goodness it's you no know, starting not to look good here and as you're planning all of those things you know end of life planning it's okay to start talking with each other so in the, when this happened, you know, it's not it, all of us, like I say, all of us going to have a day when we're no longer physically here on earth. So it's okay to have this conversation, not be afraid to talk about it. See, if so, if so, if something happened, someone close to you died, or so if you, someone's already sick, so if one the day comes, how could I be support you, supporting you? What support do you need from me? So let's not just wait when the, when the problem happens and then to react to it. And often people are not even ready to be talking about at that time. So let's try to be proactive. Right. Ask me about my cultural, you know, the way of grieving before I actually need it. Because in that moment, if I'm already grieving, I might not have the strength to have a long conversation with you. And then people be like, oh, they just like brush me off. I'm trying to be helpful. Well, it just may be at that time they were not emotionally ready to have a long conversation because they're really emotionally drained from the grief. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you mm-hmm. ask a simple question, you know, how can I support you? And someone say, I don't even know right now. Then maybe give, so give a few suggestions. You know, the sending a meal, sending a letter, can I come sit with you? Because at the end of the day, someone that lost, you know, maybe if they lost a job or you know someone you can, you know, advocate for them, good, go. But if someone that literally, you know, physically passed away, as, you know, not many of us on earth can bring somebody back to life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do, I don't want to know what to say. The person's probably not waiting for you to do or say anything. They just need you to be there. You know, grief is a, is a natural part of life. Just as, you know, all, all the other things that we talked about previously on the show, it's like it, it's hardship and trouble and tribulations and trials, however you want to call it, it's part of life. And it's not, we're not, you're not responsible to fix somebody's situation. But what you're responsible for as a, as a Christian is to walk alongside people, to be, that, to be mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. to help them carry that burden. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means doing nothing by just sitting there. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, nobody's wanting you to be the Jesus. There's only one Jesus, right? People just want you <laughs> There's to, only be one. There, yeah. right, to be there and show that yeah. you care. And sometimes just knowing that someone is walking with you on that journey. Sometimes you sit with somebody at the hospital for hours and hours and don't want to say a word. But you have no idea how your presence makes a difference. And what I, what I we often call the ministry of presence is more powerful than any words or any deeds you can hear. 
I can send you all the money in the world when you know you have to go for a medical procedure. If I, if I show up and go sit down with you at the hospital, it will mean more to you than any tech I can write for you. Yes, the money is great because we have to pay doctors, but you know, let's be real. We need people, each one of us, and at different levels. So ask those cultural questions before the, the crisis, if possible, or as soon as you know the crisis. You know, mm-hmm. and, and respect what people say. If they say, why not I just need space? You can say, okay, I respect that. I'm here if you need me. But then if you know two weeks go by, you're not hearing from them, it's okay to check in too. Because sometimes when we're grieving, we don't have energy mm-hmm. to be texting everybody to tell them what, how we're going, what we're doing. We just don't. <laughs> and if someone's yeah. close to you, yeah. don't wait two weeks. You know, that's been too long, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up about asking the person how can I be there for you? Because I think we do assume, like you said, and and we all have done it. You know, someone passes away, we immediately, uh, you know, say these things and we're just trying to help. um, But we don't realize that, you know, sometimes we could be we could be affecting them more uh, and and causing more of a problem. Doing it intentionally, but it's just it's very good to just say, you know, um, right now, I really don't know what you need, but how can I help you? You know, how can mm-hmm. I be there for you? Um, and it could be just sitting here with that person quietly. Um, right. Or like you said, just the ministry of presence. You know, I think we, we are miss We need that. You know, some people just are called to be present in that person's life and so when they see you there even if you say nothing it means a lot to them so i'm glad you brought that up that's very encouraging and different cultures also grieve differently you know you might go to someone's home someone died they're like oh now you know there's the incense all over the house you're smelling all the stuff like what is that right it's respect that too just because Mm -hmm. they grieve differently than you doesn't mean that they're grieving wrong that's just Mm -hmm. how they grieve Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I often joke, I say, here someone dies, you know, we won't, you know, you, you don't know until you ask. And then you are until the funeral sometimes that, you know, who always involved in African, my culture, when someone dies, mm-hmm. people are crying every day, all day long for sometimes a week or two weeks. It's like, that's you're, all you're hearing. You know, people go to work, <laughs> I'm what they're doing. And some people even go, don't go to work. Kids even stop going to school because uncle so-and-so died. Sometimes it's like three generations removed. They barely knew the person. But guess what? Everybody's uh, grieving. Everybody's there. Playing cards. You know, it's like, I know. So, so sometimes like I even, but my so-and-so passed away. And I'm like, okay, when's the funeral? We don't know yet. And here it's totally different. Somebody died like, you know, two days later, we know when to go bury them. We don't get buried in the next day or so. You know, it's it's so quick. But in my country, <laughs> you, you know, take the yeah. time. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's wrong the way we do it here. But also at the same time, don't say, oh, you guys are wasting so time money, so much time and resources by, you know, <laughs> just sitting there crying or sitting there chatting for two weeks straight. People <laughs> will travel overseas to come for a funeral, actually before the funeral, just because they get, that's yeah. how we grieve. People sleep on the ground, literally wow. putting up on the ground. That's and it's like you know, sometimes they block half of the street because the fact there's so much family and friends coming. And so if you're my friend and you don't show up, you know, during that time of grieving, it's like don't just show up at the funeral. People will talk about it. Like, oh, where were you when we were crying? <laughs> right? But again, that's yeah. a wow. It's a wow. Yeah. And now I didn't realize that culture plays such a role in uh grieving because you know you're right if we you know may have went to uh your family's funeral we see people crying for days and days we would be concerned probably yeah so that's wonderful um so another thing is what are the positive coping strategies to help in the grieving process. Yeah. So like everything, if you heard me before here on any other platform, I always say, do not numb your pain. Do not numb your feeling because you're doing yourself a disservice. You know, it just gets bigger and bigger and then snowball effect and you're you know, yelling at everybody because you just have not taken time to process your feeling. So always, always acknowledge how am I feeling right now? And grief is not always one emotion, honestly. You can have, you can have compound grief where it's like grief upon grief on grief. So I can grieve, for example, that someone died. And then I'm grieving the relationship I had with that someone that would never be, no longer be there. 
I'm grieving the, the dreams that we had, the opportunities, the plans that we had. And then I'm grieving the fact that now, maybe if it was a spouse or, you know, fiance or someone as close to me, now I don't have that kind of role anymore in my life. You see, one incident happened, mm-hmm. one thing happened, but there's so many things I'm wow. grieving for that one thing. Right? And so wow. give yourself permission to feel that and give yourself also permission to be able to tell others what you need from them. Because nobody will know unless you share mm-hmm. it, share with them, right? And if you need space, the kid is saying need space, but also don't isolate forever, because you know there's mm-hmm. power in numbers, right? Two are better than one, and that's I always say that is not just a marriage, no, the Bible verse. It's for all of us. We need community. So even if it's community mm-hmm. to the sense for me, like I said, I needed to be alone. Somebody had to come get my ch- my children. That was community. They were not physically there. They came. And sat with me for a little bit, and then took my children. I had the time that I needed to be alone, but I reached out. Right, so do not grieve alone. You know, even if you need a little bit of solitude, mm-hmm. always make sure that you have others around you, whether it's you know around you like by or by phone or by email, like people that you know you can, you know, you can talk to, be something to do things with. You know, I know someone else who was grieving. It's like she wanted to be isolated, did not do anything at all, and it's like I can't live. Like my life just stopped. And then friends with my family members were just like, well, can we go for a walk? You know, I'll make your favorite meal. And she'll get so angry. How can you ask me to do that? How can you ask me about that? And it's okay, she was grieving. But you know, for those mm-hmm. of us who are grieving, when you're in that, in that moment, also realize that your friends and family are just trying to be there for you. You know, and if you mm-hmm. can't ask verbalize what you need from them, maybe write it down. <laughs> you know, it's okay to write a right. note and just leave it there. Like, you know, I need five minutes. Or text it, what, no, send a text, whatever works for you guys. But we need to communicate. So don't numb your feelings. Reach out. Don't you know isolate in your pain. Communicate with those who are around you to support you. And if you know after a few weeks, you know you see it's not it's, you're still struggling. Please, please, please get professional help. You know, like we often say, those of us at Christian Council, you can have Jesus in a the therapist. <laughs> you know, you can have Jesus in a the therapist. <laughs> you know, so it, 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 because you don't want that that grief to start impacting every area of your life, also either, right? That you're not able to work, you're not able to enjoy your family, you're not able to take care of your home, you're not able to literally do anything else. So you don't. I often say, don't wait until you get to that point. So do whatever mm-hmm. you have to do, take care of everything that's happening, and if even after a week, you're like, okay, this is harder than I thought. I don't feel like it's getting any better. Please, you no, know, seek professional help. You know, and I know timing yeah. is different for everyone. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you just need one session with someone, and then you'll find after the one session. Maybe you need a few sessions, and that's okay. Maybe you need a group support group, and there's lots, lots of support groups online. There's actually for those of us in the Christian faith, there's Grief Share. I think Billy.org. I'll send you a link uh, later with all the grief resources that we compiled recently. Um, but if you go on Grief Share on the website, you can put your zip code and find Christian-based grief support groups in your area. And right now, they even have a lot of it online, and on, so it doesn't matter where you live, you can access it, you know, on, virtually. But it, it helps to know that you're not alone. That maybe, you know, some of the things that you may know, sometimes people say, I, I was fine, I was feeling just great, and life was moving on, and I moved on with life. And then I heard someone had a baby and I lost it. And that's okay, because grief can reappear at a different level. It's not something that's yeah. happened and it's yeah. gone. No, grief in yeah. itself yeah. is a process. You know, so we're talking about the process of grief later, earlier. I think it's actually the reverse. Grief itself is a process. You know, and it's mm-hmm. not, it, it doesn't, it, I don't think grief ever goes away. We become stronger. We go through different stages and we build more resilience so that we have those coping skills to address the grief. But if I lost a loved one, if I lost, you know, something I like and I've lost my routine, it doesn't just go away because not feel better. Right? I'm just finding ways to cope with it, to either accept it and then mm-hmm. find meaning behind it and, and then enjoy the life that I currently have. Mm-hmm. So is it, you brought up about um, positive coping strategies, um, and I was wondering, is it possible to, it kind of goes into the negative coping a little bit, but is it possible to um, use isolation to a point where it can be negative? Yeah, yeah. Or even That's though a- you're even, yeah. So even though you're you're telling your friends or your family, you know, I just want to have a moment to myself. That moment kind of kind of turns into 
a really long time. And then it goes into, like you said, you know, I need to reach out to my friend because I haven't heard from them. I haven't seen them. And, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. And and so because the devil knows that there's strength in, no, in number, there's power in numbers, he tries to isolate us. Think about it, not just for grief, people dealing with depression, people dealing with any loss or any challenges. The first part is just like, I just tune the world out and be by myself. Now guess what? That's when we feel weaker. Because if I'm grieving and I'm trying to hard to pray, I need others to know it so that they can be praying for me, right? So yes, you know, having that time of solitude is not bad, but turning, in, turning right. into you know, isolation is a, different, is a different story. So for those of us supporting others, if someone said, I just need a moment, I just need to be alone. It's okay to follow up saying, okay, I respect that. When can I check in with you? So they know that you're, suddenly, you're kind of having this verbal agreement it's like, well, tomorrow, then out, then you follow up with that. Tomorrow, follow through in it. Reach out to them, you know. And if if you live in the same house, I'll say, don't wait tomorrow. Don't leave them in the, house, in the room by themselves into tomorrow. So like, I'll check with you at least tonight to see if you need anything, you know. And if it's someone like I say, if you don't live with them, maybe that's what we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week. What day next week? So mm-hmm. come make help them make something specific. And you know, and when people deal with with depression, we kind of it's kind of this verbal safety contract that you're making with them, so they know you're going to check on them, and they kind of have that commitment they're going to be there. But the same thing works for any life situation. Because I don't want my my friends, I don't want my loved one, I don't want my coworker, anybody that I care about, to isolate so much that grief because that depression becomes clinical depression, and then they're sinking lower than they ever thought it could go. And right, we don't want right. that, right? Right. And again, community is important. So always, always reach out to them and ask them, make sure you have some kind of agreement when you can check in with them. And it could be that you should say, I'm fine, I'm doing okay. It's like, all right, so do you want to do anything? Can I help with anything? Like, you know, follow-up question, how can I support you right now? I don't need anything. All right, can, why can I check on you again? They might feel like you're nagging them, but guess what? Once they pull out of there, they're going to be grateful they had someone like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the next, what are some negative coping strategies that hinder the process of grieving? Yeah, so kind of a little bit of the rest of what we talked about, like numbing your feelings, right? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Nothing has happened. I'm going to be fine acting like it never happened. And then you're just like this ball of emotion and you're going to explode somewhere, whether it's at work or in the car or somewhere. Again, crying is okay. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't cry. But if you're not processing emotion, it's not just crying. It's no it's just you know, being short with people at work and to point something you might be losing your job because then you don't you know you're not doing you're not able to focus at work and do what you need to do right so we don't want you to get there where you're at you know this issue becomes more you know problematic than it needed to be um so that so don't numb those feelings and kind of a little going back to what we talked about earlier the positive one i said about you know expressing yourself and it could be different ways right so whether it's journaling whether it's you know, for art, some people, they can't, they don't want to talk about it, but they'll play the guitar, they'll listen to music, they'll color or draw or paint. Find an outlet to let it out. Sometimes emotions don't have words. And when we get to talk about kids, you'll find that we'll talk more about that. But sometimes we don't have words to even express it. But find a healthy outlet to let it out. So that's mm-hmm. the reverse, right? Letting it all out, finding a healthy way to let it out while we're holding it all in. You know, and then the second one you mentioned, like, you know, isolating is not, it's not good. You know, pretending like nothing will happen. I'm going to be okay. I'm untouchable. I cannot show feelings. That is just, no, it's not good. It's not good for you. It's not good for the people who care about you. And I understand that we shouldn't show, you know, you might not want to be crying at work, for example. You don't want everybody to see you cry. And sometimes I hear parents say, I don't want want my kids to see me cry. So then I ask them this follow-up question. You want them to think that crying is a bad thing. It's like, well, not really. But if I'm crying, that means I can't be there for them. I said, no, if you're crying, you're showing them that it's okay to show emotion and that you trust them enough to be vulnerable with them. Again, so just a shift in perspective, right? My kids have seen cry. I tell my kids, right now, I'm really frustrated. Even with, with them or something else that happened. And sometimes you have to tell them all the details because, again, you want to protect their mind. They don't have to know who did what to who. <laughs> they don't need to know all the details. But they can know that right now, I'm very upset about something that happened. Right. You know, it's a to talk about these emotions, right? So don't numb it, don't hide it. You know, find safe places, find safe people to download, unload if you want. You know, download those those emotions, and obviously all the over health, unhealthy things that we do when we're hurting, 
why it's you know sleeping too much or staying up too much spending too much you know just wasting time spending that much on social media just because we're trying to find a way to numb the pain right or it's you know it's smoking and drugs and all the other things that are not healthy for us that we all you know we know about and i know if you're struggling with that it again we all have things we're working on you know i was listening to a, a sermon this morning the pastor said everyone has a limp what's yours So just because if you're struggling with one of these unhealthy coping skills like we we all bend at one point or another just seek mm-hmm. help don't do it alone mm-hmm. seek help yeah because otherwise it just it just compiles more issues underneath and more problems and it does not help you at all or people mm-hmm. that you care about That's great and, that's great and, and I was going to add something to what I also seen is in relationships when and because I do a lot of work with women when women are grieving a lost relationship whether it was a marriage or a boyfriend fiance sometimes because there's that void so that they're, they're grieving the person who left grieving the relationship grieving their status that not changed to single and they want something to fill that void so quickly and sometimes they run into the next relationship so quickly it's like talk about it talk about it And it's like, you know, I just, I know it's fine. It's just God provided. Girl, like, you know, sister, let's talk real here. You have a void and instead of going to God to fill that void, you went to a human person. Yes. Let's be real. Humans can only fill a void to a certain level. No human being on earth can fill all your voids. You know, when you're married, single, divorced, it doesn't matter. You know, even for many women, that's why I wasn't going to do what I needed. He's human, you know. So he's going to fill you at one point or another. And it's not always feelingly because we're mm-hmm. all human. So when you're grieving, don't be seeking your ref- refuge in human. Yes, seek community. Yes, you know how use the support system that you have in a healthy way so you're not alone, not asking in your pain. But also realize that men are not your consolation. God is. And the men that I mean with men with capital M, like you know, God, is. God, God is. God is. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up this cuz we do that. We 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 do that. I I won't say men I don't I don't know if men do but I I know us ladies we do. We we kind of fill this void um and as you taught us earlier it's possible to grieve a relationship that's mm-hmm. no longer present. And so, you know, a coping strategy is, is I'm going to go and date someone else. Yeah. but you've never healed yeah. from this relationship and God yeah. is going to be the one to fill those voids and not oh, yeah. a man you know um right. God is, you know so I'm glad you brought that up yeah. for us sisters and brothers segment. that's tuning in <laughs> yeah I know I mean we can do a whole segment about relationship honestly like how emotions get tangled up from relationship <laughs> and we bring the baggage as we go it's like I have this you know I don't know bag you know that with all the feelings that I, I ever carried all the things i ever dealt with right so that i this is my bag these are my emotions i'm going to take it from this relationship mm-hmm. to that relationship to that relationship and guess what and those yeah, yeah. all those people are not the bad people here your bag needs to be unpacked and dealt with you need to empty your bag with a safe person with a therapist a counselor a mentor deal with your baggage <laughs> before you just go deal dump with on someone else <laughs> Anyway, that was the end of that. Deal with your baggage. I just went to yeah. a whole other uh <laughs> virtual therapy. We got to we got. Got to down for I guess what? We'll write that down. We'll write that down soon. <laughs> Deal with your baggage, ladies. Yes. And Amen. men too. That's and men good. too. You know, I've seen that and too where too. You, you know men also get hurt and sometimes we get hurt and we that pain from the loss of a relationship that we still bring it down to the next relationship that we still seeing or exing everybody else that got put on the on the path and that's not fair to the person either you know it's so all of us we all have things that we need to process and whether it's going from a relationship from work from a, a loved one who died we have to give ourselves time so the unhealthy coping skill is rushing through the grieving process feeling that you know I'm okay when you actually you're not and there's only two people who know for sure God and yourself you can't lie to God you can't lie to yourself so if you know that you're not okay maybe you find you're okay and then you're like oh I'm not ready for work yet it's okay to take a step back you know mm-hmm. and and I know that we have to provide for a family to take care of ourselves but if you're going to go to work and not be productive it's not healthy for you either and sometimes mm-hmm. we need we need to take a step back for our emotional health but 
also for our spiritual health and sometimes to preserve that relationship. It's better to tell your boss that I need a week off work than showing up to work and then be able to do the job. And having them yeah. fire you or then you asking the time away. So my husband had a great question um, mm-hmm. the other day and it's how does grief affect our young people differently than adults? Because um, I think with you touching base on the types of grief and we don't just now we all know that grief is not just someone passing away. Um, mm-hmm how that can tie to divorce because I know that sometimes young people when their parents separate or um, you know something happens where their guardians are not in the same space as them they kind of rebel and they kind of go into isolation and they start to do like a change you know so does how does grief affect our youth differently than adults yeah so emotions are very complicated, right? It's even hard for us humans to express how we're feeling, as adults, I mean, to express how we're feeling. So let alone children, like they're still building the vocabulary, you know? And, and I kid you not, I've met a lot of adults who will say, I'm just now in therapy learning about how to verbalize my emotions. I just didn't even know there's so many emotions that I felt because I didn't even know what to call them, right? And so it's, you, with that in mind, it's giving the kids also not just the language sometimes but some the, the, what to call it but giving them space to grieve in their own way always making sure that you are giving them a safe place they can come back home to and saying i know this is hard for all of us you know this is not your fault like i mentioned earlier kids will internalize everything and blame themselves because when we're young we think the whole entire world evolves around us right so it's, to remind them it's not their fault and share information again back to communication as much as possible at their age level. And know that when they don't know what to do with the feelings that they feel inside, they act it out. Behavior is mm. communicating. A kid who feels like he's a bad kid, he's like, well, my mom and dad divorced, it must be my fault, I didn't act right, then why even try now? I've heard kids that say that. And they're still just acting mm. out and doing things just like, what happened? They were so good, and it's a good little kid, they were listen. And first of all, there's no bad kid. They're just all of us. There's no bad person. We're all humans. And sometimes we do have good, effective uh, actions. And sometimes we have actions that are not so productive. You know, and you know, so it's okay to <laughs> acknowledge that. Not make your kid bad. Maybe your kid is just struggling. You know, and so, so sometimes I, you know, if I see teens, you know, start spending more time outside of home, not wanting to come home after school. And you're like, I don't know why is that? You know, it's not safe. You know, and yes, it's not safe. And yes, you should know where they are. But maybe home now looks different because grandma who was cooking dinner after school is no longer there. Mm-hmm. You know, or dad who was there, you know, is no longer right, there. And right. so there's all those things that you might not realize how the house itself become a traumatic spot or place for someone who's grieving sometimes. The adults sometimes if their spouse died, they can't even go into the bedroom and for years sometimes. And I know I actually had a friend who, older friend who, uh, her spouse died and the mom died like there i met her years later and the clothes were still in the closet as if their lady was still in that room there's the same day because mm, mm, emotionally mm. it's hard to go back there so if your kid is not coming home doesn't want to be home they want to be out with their friends because maybe for them that's a healthy coping skill to be with friends and be kids and just enjoy childhood and youth and teenage years and not worry about the drama and the trauma at home so that's when then you talk about it I noticed you're not coming home. I care about you. I want to make sure that you're safe. Can you tell me what's going on? You know, and then with your wow. team, with your start having that conversation. It's can we have a plan? You tell me where you're going, and we set a time when you have to come home. I need to know who you're with so that I know you're safe. But let them also use the support system. Because with the friends, they can play, they can run, they can you know listen to music and talk about all the newest hashtags on, 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 on Instagram. And for them, that's real life, right? It's real life. Right. And when they come home, they're like, oh, this is the place where it all happens. This is a reminder of something changed. Right. Oh, right? wow. Wow. So they, 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 uh, they process grief differently, just like all of us process grief differently. So even with them, give them the time and the space that they need. But yes, of course, make sure they're safe. Make sure you know where they are, that you're communicating with them so you have a safety plan for everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's so good. That's so good. We have just had a, <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful time just yeah. hearing and learning about grief and what is grief and the stages of grief. If you have any questions or comments, even if you uh, come back on the replay, you know, Dave and I are definitely willing to write these questions down and give them to Shu. Um, and you also can reach out to her. Um, as we said, she has her YouTube channel as well. And she has so many informative videos. Can you tell us what your YouTube channel is as well for those tuning in or who will tune in later? Yeah. So as my name is spelled here, Shu Allegra, so C-H-O-U. And then Allegra is H-A-L-L-E-G-R-A. If you put that pretty much on any social media, you'll find me. Um, so on YouTube, is the same thing. It's under Shu Allegra. And then if you put also Grace and Hope Consulting, like on Facebook, for example, you we always post our videos on there as well. So you can follow us there. Um, and if you're on our website, graceandhopeconsulting.com, or our social media links at the bottom of the homepage, any page on the website will have it as a, at the footer. So you can just click on the YouTube icon and it'll take you to the channel. Um, but yeah, we're here for you. And if we can help in any way, please reach out. And I wanted to mention something quickly before I forget. When we talked about kids and grieving, for those of us in the Central yeah. PA region, um, the Highmark has a caring place. It's actually a center for grieving children, adolescents, and their families. And so if you go online, it's highmarkcaringplace.com. And you can, and it's a free service. And kids go there, they do therapy, but they also do art. They do things to try to remember and commemorate their loved one, or, or, you know, or, and anyone, anything that, you know, they're grieving. So that that's also a good resource for people. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Because we definitely, you know, want this space to be for any and everyone. You know, we know this first episode was about grief, um, but we have so many more topics that are going to come. We're going to be doing this once a month. Yeah. Um, Hubby has already selected a wonderful topic uh, for next month. So we'll be reaching out uh, to you, yeah. Shu, to touch base <laughs> that. Um, but we're so grateful for everyone who tuned in and we truly truly hope pray that you know that you are not alone in this grieving process we all have lost someone uh, we all, all have experienced loss whether it's a job whether it's an animal you know many have lost pets um you know and even pets this process caught us on um so wonderfully this past hour um anyone say how um, I'm just happy for this opportunity yeah. to learn more about um, grieving and understanding the different stages. Um, plus, you helped out with telling us the different strategies to be able to cope with it, you know, and to understand that, you know, it's not just singled out to just one particular form. It's lots of different, different things, relationships. Um, it can be a, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a job. It can be a lot of different things. So, you know, we just thank you for just yeah. for, for blessing us with all this wisdom. Yes, thank you so yeah. much. My pleasure, my pleasure. And um, like I was saying earlier, we have a list of resources, like support groups uh, that are online and they're like end of life planning for people who know uh, Ubuntu kind of anticipated grief, you know, someone might die soon and we're kind of planning that stuff uh, and counseling resources as well. So like I said, if you go to graceandhopeconsulting.com, we're actually going to have that right on the homepage, you'll see a uh, icon that says grief and loss resources. If you click on that, it takes you somewhere you can download it for th that. It's a, uh, I think it's an Excel spreadsheet that has all those resources for free. You can go click on that and get and download that. And we're actually working on a grief book that's coming out in August. Um, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. So people are, you know, who share their grief stories, and and um, so you get to see you're not alone. That we all go through different kind of griefs, and it's okay to acknowledge that grief is part of the human experience. That we can grieve, and we can also still enjoy life and move forward. Not move on as if we leave the people behind, but move forward. Even sometimes bringing the person with us, finding ways to commemorate them. While well, people still celebrate anniversaries and birthdays, you know, they'll eat someone's special meal, you know, when they're no longer there to just kind of celebrate them. And that's okay. Those are all different ways you can honor them after they're no longer here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and we're so grateful for you just sharing that because we you know we miss our loved ones and we miss um you know especially those who have experienced unexpected deaths i think the 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 process of grieving may be a little bit more difficult as you talked about um but you have someone here um i know that you know we may not be able to to sit within every one of you and be uh present but we know that god is with each and every and you know as you talked about it as well as david you know we don't want you to stay in the state of grief where it's equipped you it has you crippled or handicapped and stuck but we want you to grieve properly because it is a process as she said it is a process um there are times you may cry in the middle of you know in the middle of a movie and you're like why am i crying you just never know it could be something that triggers it you know you know, each day, you know, it can be tough, you know, but, you know, thanks be to God for the the resources that he's placed in the earth for, through men and women of God who are willing to help. Um, be sure out Grace and Hope Consulting Com and check out those resources that you talked about um, on the page. You know, she is she has a tremendous amount of resources to help yeah. us and that's one thing we love about her so you know just so grateful for tuning in and is there anything else you wanted to say Shu, before we pray out no i just want to say again that it's okay <laughs> life on earth hurts and it's okay to acknowledge that and pretending that we're not hurting mm-hmm. is not honoring god that for myself included and sometimes we hurt for what might feel like small things but it's okay god can take it you can start to bring it to him you know it's okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amen so we just want to just bring father we just thank you so much for the time we thank you for the given to me and my husband for this juniper tree live and that started years two years ago to the day and we just thank you for bringing a blessing to us to help other people to help the community through your daughter Shu Allegra we pray you bless her and keep her and her family and we pray that you bless and keep each and every viewer tonight and those who were you later on that even as they're going through their grief God even as they are struggling to process what's going on they may even be in denial god we pray that they know that you can wrap your loving arms around them that you are indeed a savior and you are indeed lord of our lives and that we can come to you through all of this lord and that there's people there that you have placed in our lives to help us and so we thank you and we know that each day you are with us and guide us with your holy spirit as we go through these tough moments, God. And we know that you are with us and we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Chu Halegra. And we will be back next month uh, with a special topic. Yeah. <laughs> we can't wait to we'll talk keep about it. A it. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. keep it a surprise, but be sure to tune in and again check out Shu Halegra on YouTube for the videos that she has and check out Rayma Healing for any of the past interviews we've done with you. She has touched on so many different topics and so be sure to check that out. Be blessed everyone.